Today we begin a series on the book of Ephesians. What a diverse city this was. It reminds me of how churches are all so different, even how they face their challenges. For instance, this problem that a number of churches in one town faced with squirrels. The Presbyterian Church called a meeting to decide what to do about their squirrel infestation. After much prayer and consideration, they concluded that the squirrels were predestined to be there and they should not interfere with God's divine will. At the Baptist Church, the squirrels had taken an interest in the baptistry. The deacons met and decided to put a water slide into the baptistry and let the squirrels drown themselves. The squirrels liked the slide and unfortunately knew it instinctively how to swim. So twice as many squirrels showed up the following week. The Lutheran church decided that they were not in a position to harm any of God's creatures. So they humanely uh, trapped their squirrels and set them free near the Baptist church. Two weeks later, the squirrels were back when the Baptists took down the water slide. The Episcopalians tried a much more unique path by setting out pans of whiskey around the church in an effort to kill the, the squirrels with alcohol poisoning. They sadly learned how much damage a band of drunk squirrels can do. The Catholic Church came up with a more creative strategy. They baptized all the squirrels and made them members of the church. Now they only see the squirrels at Christmas and Easter. Not much was heard from the Jewish synagogue. In fact, they had no problem with any squirrels. Word had gotten around that the rabbi had circumcised the first squirrel and they hadn't seen any since. I know this is just a humorous story, hopefully not upsetting any of you, but I wanted to illustrate how diverse the church of Ephesus really was. In verse 1, the author identifies himself as Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And who better to write this book than the one who founded the church of Ephesus? Paul's name was originally Saul, and since he was from the tribe of Benjamin, it's safe to believe that he was named after Israel's first king. Saul was a devoted rabbi and became the leader of an anti-Christian movement in Jerusalem that persecuted and martyred Christians. He gave his approval for, for Stephen to be stoned, but in the midst of his zealous killing, God saved him, and his conversion was dramatic, immediate, and life-changing. Paul, a religious zealot, became passionate for God. And there's a big difference. Many are religious, but don't know God. Paul was ministering in the city of Antioch, and while he was there, he was called by the Spirit to take the gospel to Gentiles. 
The book of Acts records his three missionary journeys. And yes, Paul was the first missionary. Uh, around the year 53 AD, Paul came to Ephesus and preached the gospel. You can read his exploits in Acts chapter 18. He didn't remain there long, but two years later, while on his third missionary journey, Paul stayed in Ephesus more than two years and saw that whole vast area evangelized. Ephesus became a strong church, though it was in the midst of the stronghold of Satan. The ruins of this city have been excavated and it's located at the mouth of the Caister River, three miles from the Aegean Sea. Its easy connection with interior Asia by interlacing highways brought it commercial prosperity by land as well as by sea. The population was roughly 300,000. Some important facts as we look at this city of Ephesus. It helps us to understand what this church faced by knowing what Ephesus was like. First of all, the city contained the temple of Artemis, or as it was known by the Romans, Diana. Artemis was the fertility goddess. The temple itself was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was 60 feet high by 450 feet long by 225 feet wide. And it was supported by 127 columns. It was a richly adorned in gold and precious stones. It's believed by those in the city that the Greek god Zeus threw a statue of Artemis down to Ephesus, and people from all over the world would come to see her temple. This temple and city promoted the worship of idols and sexual immorality. Secondly, unique to Ephesus was the trade of the silversmiths as seen in Acts chapter 19. In fact, it was a main industry in Ephesus. Men gained great wealth by capitalizing on tourists selling their trinkets and miniature statues of Artemis to them. Paul endangered their livelihood by preaching Jesus. Christianity has always come in direct conflict with the beliefs and self-glorification of our world. Our world lives for pleasure, wealth, and fame, all of which are denounced by the Christian virtues of following God no matter what the cost. Thirdly, unique to Ephesus was it had a great amphitheater, which could seat over 24,000 people. 
It was here that Paul's companions were taken in Acts chapter 19 and verse 29. Also, in this city was the main street known as the Way or the Arca Diana. It was paved in marble and had decorated gates at each end. One end led to the harbor and the other the amphitheater. All along the street on both sides were shops, many of which sold their souvenirs. And finally, unique to Ephesus, although not truly unique, was sorcery. It's described in Acts chapter 19, verses 19 to 20. The worship of idols and pagan gods. The second thing I want us to look at it, that we find in this uh, book of Ephesus is the religious fabric. Ephesus was truly a multicultural city. There was a large Jewish community. There were many followers of Artemis, and there were also many other cults. Until Paul's second missionary journey in 46 AD, we are not aware of any Christian influence. While Paul did not stay long, he spoke in the Jewish synagogue and then left Aquila and Priscilla to maintain and build up the work. You can read about this in Acts 18. During his third missionary journey in 53 AD, he stayed for at least two years and three months. This experience is told, as already I shared, in Acts 19. While he was here, he encourages the disciples of Apollos, a Christian disciple-maker and teacher. He speaks in the synagogue for three months. He lectures in the hall of Tyrrhenius for two years, building disciples and the church. And during this time, many miracles happen. And then he leaves for Jerusalem. And at this same time, a riot breaks out. It's started by the silversmiths who accuse Paul and Christianity of hurting the sale of their silver idols. During Paul's stay in Ephesus, he writes 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and the second book of Corinthians. Thirdly, I want us to look at the book of Ephesus itself. The book was written about 10 years after Paul's third missionary journey, around 62 AD. And while he is imprisoned in Rome, according to Acts chapter 28, many believe that this letter was a circular, meaning that it wasn't just for the church in Ephesus, but it was for all the churches, and it was circulated. It, it is written in defense that Jews and Gentiles are united in Christ. It also teaches our blessings and responsibility in Christian living. 
Now let's look at the influence of Christianity in Ephesus, and in fact, it mirrors in our world today. Christianity has always been at odds with the beliefs and practices of this world. We're called to influence our world by sharing our faith. In fact, a Christianity which doesn't influence the world is no Christianity at all. When I first became a follower of Christ, I wasn't discipled, and I didn't know I was called to share Christ with my world. But in grade 10, I began to grow and couldn't contain Jesus in this temple in my, uh, within myself. I just had to share it. God desired to burst out of me, and so I just had to tell my friends about him. I can tell you I wasn't popular at school, and I was often made fun of. But soon, I didn't care what my classmates thought, and I was zealous for God. I just had to talk about Him, and at times, that meant speaking out against sin. I'm thankful that a number of my classmates gave their lives to Jesus. Paul and the Ephesian Christians did this. Did they face opposition? Of course. In fact, so much so that a riot in Ephesus broke out and some disciples were persecuted. But Christianity left its mark in Ephesus and the church thrived in the midst of a pagan society. I want you to listen to this quote. It's in a dictionary about Ephesus. It says the Christian approach was at a variance with the tolerant approach of pagans to gods who were even not theirs. A Christian inscription at Ephesus that has been uh, excavated reads, Destroying the delusive image of the demon Artemis, Demius has erected this symbol of truth, the God that drives away idols and the cross of priests, deathless and victorious sign of Christ. And on that inscription is the sign of the cross. Friends, we need to let our light shine.